Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. My loyalty belongs to you wherever you may go every step that you take from here i'll be right by your side for where you go i will go where you eat i will eat where you laugh i'll laugh with you because i'm here my loyalty, I will go where you go, I will walk where you walk, I will see what you see, I am here because of you, because of loyalty. Good morning, my friends, on this Saturday morning. I am so excited that you are with me again this morning, uh, continuing to dive into the Word of God. And as we continue to dive into the Word of God, we want to continue along in the story that we've been following. We want to welcome those that have been following from us from day one or maybe just even this season you just started following us. And for those who are brand new joining us today, we thank you. We thank you for being with us. You've come to the place where we dive into the Word of God and we see how the Word of God we can apply to our lives on a daily basis. So my friends, we are going to um, begin in chapter 2. As you know, we completed chapter 1 uh, last week. And I recommend that if you have not dived yet into the book of Ruth, that you do so. Starting with chapter 1, so you can catch up to see what it is that we are covering. And uh, again, just to do recap, this is about a family a mother and husband and two sons, and then the two sons get, get married, but this woman's husband and her two children die. So uh, one of her daughter-in-laws goes on a journey with her on a road trip to, turn, to return back home to where uh, Naomi is officially from. And they get there, and when they get there, you know, the town greets them because people recognize them. People have been there for a long time, recognize who she is. But she has come back very bitter because in her heart, her heart is broken. She lost her husband, she lost her sons, and she doesn't feel she has anything else to offer anyone else because she feels that God may have abandoned her. And sometimes we know in life, my friends, that's what we feel sometimes. We feel that when everything's going wrong in our lives, we feel God has abandoned us. But she goes back with her one daughter-in-law named Ruth uh, to start a new beginning. But, you know, she 
but Naomi comes back not the same person she was when she originally left, you know, uh, Israel. So we are now going to be diving into chapter number two, and we're going to start with verse one, and this is what it says. Now there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family. Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain. Excuse me. Sorry. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabats said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is a young Moabite woman who comes back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And we're going to leave it right there. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We know your word is truth. We know your word gives us life. We know that your word prepares us. And we also know that your word really shows us examples of how much you love us and how you will touch other people's lives to then bless us. So we thank you for your name, Jesus, and your word. Amen. Well, my friends, you know, I don't know about you, but if you leave the only place that you know in your life and you begin to go somewhere else, like Ruth did in accompanying Naomi to go back to her homeland, you would get there and you would kind of feel out of place, I would think. Nobody knows you. You don't know anybody. Um, And nobody's maybe offering you work. No one's giving you an opportunity for anything. You're the outsider, right? You're a foreigner. Um, and, uh, And no one may think that they have to offer you anything or give you anything. So for Naomi and Ruth... Coming back empty-handed, as Naomi told us previously when she was speaking to the people who recognized her, they've come back with nothing. But Ruth is young. 
She's beautiful. She's young. She's still full of energy. She's optimistic. She's like a go-getter. She's like, you know, she's proactive. She's got to do something because Naomi sits just in a pl- her place, just really depressed and down and out. So it starts to right away let us know in chapter two that there is a relative of Naomi's. Because remember, Naomi didn't want to ask anything of anybody. She came back empty-handed. She didn't feel she had to ask anybody for anything, any help or anything. But right in the scripture, it tells us that there was a man who was of wealth, great wealth at that, of the family of Eliminac. So in other words, Naomi's husband had a relative, whether that was a cousin, whether that was a brother, whatever it was, he had, uh, he had money. He was very well off. He had, I'm sure, his own property. He had his, um, his own family, his own, you know, slaves, his servants, you know. He had it all. And he had land with much rich abundance of, like, crops and, and uh, grains and things of that nature. So it starts to set us up the premise automatically of who this man is. So because Naomi was married to Eliminac, that's technically her family as well, right? So, and his name was Boaz. So they tell us, you know, Naomi had a relative through her husband's family side, and his name was Boaz. And then it says here, so Ruth the Moabites said to, so Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whom sight I may find labor, uh, excuse me, favor. In other words, she said, you know what, mother-in-law, let me go to the field and pick up after the people that are actually reaping the land and then the leftovers, I'll pick that up. I'll, I'll help gather it as well to, you know, gather it for the person whose land it is, as well as maybe there there might be a little extra for us that I can bring back home, right? Right away, Ruth gets into action. She goes to work. She goes to do manual labor. And it's going to be manual labor with her hands in the scorching sun. Because when you're working on the field in the land, There is a lot of sun, my friends, and it beams hard, and it's hot, right? And it takes a toll on your body. But she was willing to do that. So she asked Naomi for permission to be able to go do that. See, that's how much she respects her mother-in-law. That Remember, she's in her mother-in-law's territory, friends that she knows, the community she grew up in that Naomi grew up in. So out of respect, she asked her. She just didn't make an assumption, get up and go. She asked her out of respect, right? And her mother-in-law said, go, my daughter. Like, yeah, go, go, go do that. That's a good idea, right? And then it says here, then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. 
So in other words, she started just gleaming where she just saw anybody on a field, not really knowing whose fields it was, um, and, and picking up after those individuals, right? Because on many occasions when people are, are reaping, you know, they're, they're harvesting the land because the harvest, of course, as we know, was very abundant in this land at the time when Naomi returned back. They came back during the harvest time in the springtime. So that's the good time, right? Where things have grown and blossomed. So she took the initiative herself to say, you know what, I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to go to work. Um, I'm not going to like sit here and think like we got it like that because we don't. We, I need to do something to bring us some type of livelihood so that way we can be good. Things could be well for ourselves. So she then decided to go out on the field and her mother-in-law gave her the permission and um, here's what happens, my friends. Like, Ruth didn't sit there and also start being depressed and bitter with her mother-in-law. She decided to take action for the possibilities and the moments of the opportunity that was in front of her. We spoke about this last week. Naomi herself wasn't really seeing the opportunity in front of her because the bitterness had kind of blinded her. She wasn't seeing what was happening, right? She's seeing what's happening, but she's not, not digesting it correctly. She's just like, you know, she's in somber land because she's very bitter and very heartbroken, very depressed. She feels God has walked away from her. But Ruth is in another different mindset where she's like, you know, I see an opportunity here. There's a lot of people here working on these lands. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to hit the road and I'm going to I'm going to work too. I'm going to I'm going to do what I got to do. You know, I got to be proactive. And we have to ask ourselves how many times can we say that about ourselves? Have we have we seen what's happening right in front of us? We see the opportunities and we go and we step in. Right? We ask for permission to step in. We ask for an opportunity to be given to us and then we go and we step in and pretty much we are, you know, not realizing that we're ste- stepping into some opportunities, right? So she begins to do the work, right? Without any hesitation, she begins to do the work. And as she's doing the work and going from field, you know, probably going from field to field, right? Following the reapers, behind the reapers, picking it up, right? Picking up whatever's left over. Um, it turns out that she actually ends up going into that field that belongs to the family of Elimelech of the man named Boaz that was given the context to us right in the beginning of this chapter. So she actually stumbles into that field, right? Unknowingly, she's just going from field to field. And, um, when she left and went and gleaned in the field, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. Right? So he's telling all his workers, um, you know, may God be with you. May God bless you. You know, 
he is showing them love and kindness as a as a boss as a leader you know as 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 the employer to those reapers to those workers hard workers he's showing them love and kindness and they answered him, the Lord bless you. So they blessed him back. His employees said, you know, God bless you. Have a great day, you too. In other words, as this employer, this man, Boaz, was blessing his workers, his workers, workers blessed him back. And, you know, when I, when I, when I read this scripture, I wonder when any of us like you and I go to work every day, do we experience this? Do we experience our employers, our bosses, our supervisors, our managers saying to us, hello and good morning, and may the Lord bless you. May you have a fabulous day. May you be successful today in anything you touch or anything that you do. May the Lord be with you as you're out on the field working. May you be protected. May he give you traveling mercies. May you have a safe trip, whatever it is. How many of us can actually say we hear that from our bosses, our managers, our supervisors, our employers every day? Probably 99% of us would say never. But in this situation here, this man who is of leadership, ownership, authority, is blessing and placing a blessing upon his workers. And if you're listening to this right now, because when I said that in the beginning when we started this book, I said, you know, this is a book about Ruth, but this is also a story about a man. This is the man part I'm referring to, right? Because we're going to learn about this man and we're going to learn about his actions and how he thinks, reacts. And um, right now, this is a perfect example that if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're a manager or supervisor or someone in leadership position, you know, whether that's at the job, whether that's at the church, whether that is somewhere else, you're volunteering for a children's camp right now, maybe because it's summertime, whatever it might be. Have you taken it upon yourself with the heart that God has given you to tell other people to be blessed on such a day? Take out the time to acknowledge them. Take out the time to say hello to them. Take out the time to let them know that you're thinking about them, that you see them, that you acknowledge them. There are many people, managers, supervisors, people in leadership, that have feel that, that feel so overlooked when they have been working hard their whole lives. For that employer, for that company, with that boss, with that supervisor, with that manager, with that pastor, with that preacher, with that minister. They've been loyal, they work hard, long hours. And sometimes they look, they, they feel overlooked because they're not even said hello to. They're not even told, how are you today? Or even asked, how are you today? Or may you have a blessed day today? Many of them are overlooked. But in this situation with Boaz, he, he does the opposite. He actually greets them and he places a blessing of words over them. And there's what a way that, you know, the, the, that Boaz would say, the Lord be with you. In other words, may the Lord's presence be with you. May his protection be with you. May his abundance, love, peace, joy, you know, uh, be with you. May his peace with, be with you. 
you know, all the things that is of the goodness of the Lord may be with his workers. Because if the God is with them, then they will succeed in anything that they do while they are working. And this is something that men, we can learn from. And I also look at it in a generalized sense. You know, when was the last time you woke up, man of the house, man who oversees your family, man, um, you know, who is, you know, the protector of your wife and your kids, when was the last time you woke up and said to your entire family, your wife and your kids, may the Lord be with you today. May you be blessed. Traveling, you know, mercies for you. Did you pray for them? When was the last time you did that? So these are things that we could read about and have perfect examples. And as they did, he did that to them, then they did back to him, blessing him. Isn't it so good when you can see a relationship between a leadership and the subservience of that leadership, the people that are under that leadership, or between an employee and employee, right? So many different uh, pastor and, and his worship team leader, his a pastor and his, um, you know, uh, people, his ushers, his people of leadership that are, are there to help the church. Isn't it a lovely thing when these are really built relationships on God and there could be an acknowledgement to one another? So they blessed him right back. And then it says, Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, right? So now he says to his manager, right? Or his foreman, however you want to look at it, because Boaz is the company. He is the big owner. He's the CEO. He says to his foreman, to his manager, he goes, hey, hey, hey. Who's your woman is this? Who is this woman, right? Because Boaz knows everyone he's hired, Everyone that works on his field, everyone that delivers the grain after they reap, reap it, right? Uh, the the products, you know, the 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 goods, you know, the the fruit, the whatever it is that they reap, and the grain, he he knows who, who who works for him. But now he sees a total stranger, and he asks one of his managers, like the main manager, like who is this person? And this person says, to, the manager says to him. So the servant was in charge of the reapers, answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. So right away, he lets Boaz know, Oh, this young lady, she came back. She's from Moab, but she came back to this town with Naomi. Right? Now, there's no doubt that as soon as that man, that supervisor manager said to Boaz, with Naomi, he knows who Naomi is. It's not like he doesn't know who Naomi is. He knows Naomi was married to a Limanac, which is his family member in relation. So he goes, and she said, so now she comes out because it's like, She's right in front of Boaz. She's right in front of the supervisor. And she's right in front of everybody. <laughs> right? So it's, it could be like, 
it's midday, afternoon, or whatever. He came to check on the people, right? It could be first thing in the morning, who knows? Probably it is. However, we learned that it's not the first thing in the morning because of then what well, we're going to read further on that the manager, supervisor, foreman of Boaz says. So he goes, she says to him right away, she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So in other words, she went to the foreman. She went to the manager, to the super, to Boaz's guy in charge of the reapers and said to him, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and she continued for morning. He's recapping to Boaz why how this happened right so boaz came to see the people like let's say midday afternoon whatever it might be maybe even late afternoon because you know he came to greet his workers but the supervisors the managers recapping to boaz what happened from early morning that this woman came to him and and asked him if she if he she could gleam after the reapers um, and he tells Boaz that she has started way from morning all the way till now, just working really hard, but that she rested only a little in the house, meaning she probably just took like a 10 minute break, maybe even a 15 minute break, right? From, from working because the sun is intense. That job labor is intense, Right. It takes a toll on your physical body. And it's a lot of work, my friends. So when the supervisor, manager, foreman, whatever we want to call him, Boaz, right man, you know, who oversees all these workers, he says then to Ruth, he looks at her after the supervisor you know, gave him the summary recap of what happened with this woman and why she's here, because she's brand new. He says, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? In other words, hey, listen to what I'm going to say to you right now. Pay, att play, pay close attention. And he says, do not go to glean in another field. In other words, don't you don't need to go to any of the other farm farmers, the other farmlands, the other people who own land to glean after those people. He says, nor go from here. Matter of fact, don't even leave here. I don't, I, I, I'm not throwing you out. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm just letting you know, you don't need to go to the other farmland to, to glean after those workers. You can stay here. And it says, but stay close by my young women. In other words, you're going to glean after the reapers, but you're not going to be separated all the way in the back from the women. Because a lot of the women, of course, as you know, uh, were reapers, reapers at the time. And not only were they reapers, but they also did a lot of different things for people in leadership. So he said, but stay close by my young women. In other words, so she wouldn't feel alone or left out. He's, uh, he's going to allow her to join the group of women 
who are also working in the field. And he says, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them, right? So the women who work for Boaz that Boaz has always known of, she can now join those women be right next to them as they gleam and then she can gather, excuse me, as they reap and she can glean and gather what's left over. So it'll look more like she's part of that group than not being part of that group. And when I think about this scripture, I think about how important it is that employers would recognize that when new people come into a job, the best way to acclimate them is to make them feel welcomed, uh, allow them to be part of the team, um, and also allow them to not feel like they're an outsider. Because uh, Ruth is a foreigner. She's not a local to these people. Naomi's not a foreigner. Naomi's a local to these people. This was her community. You know, when she was young, growing up, a single woman before she got married and left for the Lemonite to to Moab. So the fact that he's even giving her this without even knowing who she is, without even getting to know her, he's made the decision based on what was reported back to him instantaneously in this moment from the manager and the supervisor. Right? He's letting he's letting her know he's going to allow her to stay here. She's going to uh, she's welcomed. She's going to uh be part of the team <laughs> technically, right? And that she doesn't really need to have to look for work anywhere else because she's definitely secure here. And then he says further on um Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have joined. In other words, the men were the ones who were gathering and going to the wells to get the water, right? To get the water for the workers, to get the water for for Boaz, for his family, to everyone who needed water. She will now be able and be given the luxury to that when they draw water, they can't reject it to her because she's a foreigner. They're gonna have to allow her to be able to drink from the water that they draw. Because back then, my friends, there was much, uh, there was such a separation between cultures, uh, you know, between um, uh, foreigners, uh, before between locals, like they couldn't intermingle with certain things together. Um, and then if like back in the day, someone drew their own water, they didn't because they felt you were an outsider, you were a foreigner, whatever you were to them, how they perceived you to be, they wouldn't share like what they you know brought to the surface of having for themselves. They wouldn't share with other people. But Boaz immediately, not only has he accepted her as a new person, has seen the hard work that she has heard about the hard work she's done, 
I'm sure he's looking at her and she's probably drenched in sweat because she has been working from early morning on. She's very respectful, right? There's a beauty, I'm sure there's an innocence and a beauty about her, even though she was a married woman. There's just something about her. Um, and also that she immediately was able to demonstrate uh, that she's a hard worker. And she can work just as well or maybe even better than any of the employees that he currently has. So he gives her the opportunity to stay working there, not to have to go somewhere else and look for extra work. And also he uh, says that she will be protected and she'll be part of the team. And that most of all, that she's going to have an opportunity to also partake in the water for nourishment and refreshment of the water that the men bring about. Has anyone ever started a new job and all of a sudden on the first day of work, working for that company, everyone just embraced you and came and brought you balloons, flowers, a cake, a gift, decorated your desk, welcome, welcome, welcome with welcome things. And throughout the day, you have different people greeting you and saying, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the company. We're so glad to have you. Welcome to this department. Welcome to the team. I think my entire life that I've been alive so far, I think I've seen three times when maybe someone posted that on the first day of their job, they get to their desk, the desk they're assigned to, and there's welcome cards there, there's a welcome banner, there's some flowers, there's some cookies, cake, whatever it might be. It's a welcoming gesture of the company and the employees and all the employees welcoming her, right? We don't see much of that these days. You get a job and you're just like like another number. You're just another number, another body in the company. But I look at this example of this man, and men, if you're listening to this, this is a perfect example of the type of man this is. Not only does this man have authority, he has money, but he, has all, he also has a heart. And he acknowledges the things that people have done. And it takes, it takes great merit when a man has these qualifications about himself, these character traits about himself, and can actually be a very, uh, a very kind and loving man and show respect and still give people an opportunity to be able to feel welcomed in his company, in his presence among his other co-workers the people he oversees so when he said this to her she right away knew like oh my gosh this is my first day out working on the fields and really just working as hard as I can because I still have my life ahead of me I still want to help my mother-in-law right Naomi and I still want to do the right thing so I'm working hard gotta start from scratch see she wasn't afraid to understand 
that she had to start from scratch again, getting back into the labor field, working hard, long hours, tired, you know, uh, drenched with the sun hitting her, hot, whatever the case might be, right? She was also, uh, we were also seeing that she understood where she came from, who she was, where she was currently, respecting everything around her, knowing she is a foreigner, and she was very humble and working hard. And he acknowledged that, he know, based on what he was told, based on what he could see, and based on just the fact that she had this, this meek, probably meekness about her, right? That he immediately gives her favor, protects her, make, makes her feel welcome, makes her part of the women team, and also is going to allow her to be able to have access of the drinks that the men will bring, right? She acknowledges this, she hears it, and then this is what she says to him. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And we're leaving it at that, right? In other words, she's asking him, What have I done? What is it about me? What have I demonstrated to you that you sh- or you know that I'm right now drenched, looking really busted? You know, women, how we say, "Oh, I look busted right now." We don't, we didn't get ourselves together. Our hair's distorted. We're sweating up a storm, like when we work out or whatever, or we're even doing gardening, or we even have to cut our own grass, girls. You know what I'm talking about. We have to do certain things ourselves. We're sweating up a storm, and we look a hot mess. Well, she was looking a hot mess right now because she'd been working all those hours. But she asked, why have I found favor in your eyes? Because, look, Boaz was a very blessed man by God. And when you are blessed, my friends, by God, you start to then understand God's heart and feel God's God's heart. And when he and when Boaz saw how much this woman had worked that she didn't even hesitate that she was in the trenches like they said working real hard he acknowledges that and it's just like our heavenly father my friends who acknowledge every day on a daily basis how hard we work how dedicated we are to helping others he knew this man knows that Naomi lost her husband Elimelech he knows that Naomi's husband died and and Naomi's sons died he kind of knows Naomi doesn't have anything she doesn't have a leg to lean on but this young woman who came back with her is doing labor work technically for both of them, for Ruth and Naomi, 
but she's also doing work for Boaz, which benefits Boaz. So she's asking him, how did I find favor? You know, what have I found? Why have I found favor in your eyes? Because my friends, it's not just in what also we see, Boaz sees with his eyes about this woman. It's also what he was told about what this woman has done. And also about how God has touched his heart to recognize people who work hard, who have done great things that benefit him, especially in revenue, right? So he's giving her favor, but she's asking, why do you, what have I done to get favor in your eyes? And then she says that you should take notice of me, that you should recognize me. Like in her mind, she's like, I'm nobody. I'm new. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm the foreigner. I'm the I'm the black sheep that's just came to see what little crumbs of work I could do. You know? Because she says, since I am a foreigner. Because my friends, foreigners back then, at the time of Boaz, at the time of Naomi, they were not treated well by the Israelites. They were not treated well by the people in Bethlehem. They weren't. They were treated as foreigners, like an outcast, like someone who didn't belong in that territory. Because even when Ruth was given the opportunity by her mother-in-law to stay in her own land, go back to her parents, go back to her family, Ruth was like, no. Wherever I'm going to go, you're going to go. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And she was also willing to be there no matter what, even though she was a foreigner. But she still wanted to be by her mother-in-law's side. And I'm sure this is something at this moment that Boaz recognized and understood. Oh, this must be one of the daughter-in-laws of Naomi. Not only did she come back without a husband, because her husband also died, she came back immediately with Naomi, stood by her side, and she's also came straight to work, straight to do labor. And she's done hard labor, hard work, and she's resilient, and she's humble. She's probably quiet. She was probably just working and not said a word to anybody. Only words that she said was asking that manager and begging him, I'm sure, to be able to work that day after the people reaped that she would glean. My friends, you know, Ruth went into this field started with different a different field before she got to this main field of Boaz with a humble heart with an open mind with confidence with motivation you know remember she was also still following Naomi's God and Naomi follows God right so she was still doing the hard work and being humble and just 
I'm sure she was quiet as she was working. She didn't bother anybody. She didn't complain. Right? She took a 10-minute break, a 15-minute break, whatever it was. But then she hit, she went right back to the field. She was demonstrating not only what the God also that she was serving, which was the same God of Boaz, which is the same God of Naomi, which was the same God of Elimelech. And now through Boaz, she's being given favor. And she's been recognized, even though she's a foreigner. So we're leaving it here, my friends, because right now, when we think about this, we need to really understand the story. This is a powerful story, men. Men, I hope that if you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you could reread this passage. This is such an excellent example of men who have a great heart for God, have a great heart for people, and are genuinely givers and respect people and acknowledge people when they've worked really hard. And if you're an employer or a manager or a supervisor listening to this podcast, I am sure you have workers that work with you that they worked, they work so hard, they're very loyal, they've been committed, they've been on the job for a long time. And those are people you don't even recognize. You don't even say to them, hey, have a great day. You don't even, you know, recognize their work. You don't even recognize how hard they're working. The the things that they have helped build a company with. You know, employees help build a company. And the companies gain a lot of revenue. And there are a lot of bosses and supervisors and managers and big CEOs that don't care about their workers. Boaz cares about his people. He cares about his workers. He wants his workers to be blessed because when his workers are blessed, he's blessed. And it's a win-win for everyone. It's not just a win-win for a CEO in charge. We know what the what the breakdown is for CEOs. CEOs make a lot of money. They make if if they are working for a high end company, revenue high end company, they might make a million dollars a year. When an average worker in the company might make 35, 40, 46, maybe 50 at that. Then there's the other positions. Or even less, could be 27 depending on the job you have. And then the other higher higher uh, leadership posi- excuse me, positions that make like 60, 70, 80. But most of the employees make below 50. They make below 40. You know, when was the last time that you as a leader in your company acknowledged your people, gave them an extra day off, gave them a recognition party at the, at the company, you know, made Fridays half days 
during the summer. You know, there's so many ways that when you bless your employees, your employees bless you back. And this is what happened here. Boaz blesses employees. He blessed his, his workers and the workers immediately blessed him right back. Which when that happens, it gives those workers even more confidence and energy to go forward to do even harder work for their boss. Sometimes when a company seems like things are falling apart or that the employee's productivity is not well, it's because you have to reevaluate as a CEO, as the VP, as the president of the company, whatever your biggest status is, what has fallen between the cracks with those employees? It may not be that the employee doesn't know how to do the job. It may not be that the employee is not skill set at it. It may not even be that the employee doesn't um, bring the revenue. It's that the employee has been overlooked. Maybe that employee hasn't even been given a raise for a couple of years. Maybe that employee has not even been given the opportunity to gain back some type of recognition, not even a a certificate of appreciation, you know, not even a, a little award, not even you know, uh, 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 an email that comes out from the CEO or the big manager that says, hey, we want to recognize you guys. We want to recognize everybody. We thank you all for your hard work. You know, sometimes they're not even sending out those type of emails to anybody. And we have to ask, and you have to ask yourself, have I been the problem of why my employees, my workers have fallen through the cracks and the productivity is not well? But I can tell you for Boaz, he has great productivity. He has a great abundance of a harvest. It's springtime. He's got great workers that work hard for him. He treats them well. He respects them. He gives them what they need, and they give him back what he needs, which makes a profitable business for Boaz, which also makes a profitable business for the community of goods and services. So my friends... I'd like you to really think about this passage of scripture we just covered today. This really resonates with my heart. I hope it resonates with yours. And we will continue to dive in next week to the story, see what happens. And I look forward to sharing the word with you again next week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay strong, stay encouraged, and know that the hard work that you do do Uh, Even if you feel right now after a pandemic, you've had to start over, you had to start new, you had to start fresh. Someone will eventually recognize all the hard work you've done and where you're at. And new beginnings just lead to new opportunities, new possibilities, new opportunities, right? So my friends, God bless you. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's Word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.